When I lived in New York, I never seen this before. I never seen death. And when you see death and when you have to deal with uh, men that are frozen or some that are wounded, you, you'll never forget that. When you have to see legs broken and arms uh, shattered and insides of guys' stomach and uh, elbows and uh, shoulders blown apart, you'll never forget that. Someone once said that no man fights the same war as another. And if that's true, then the Veterans Writing Workshop is a way for those who've been through battle to express themselves and share their experiences. Good morning, this is Fordham Conversations. I'm Robin Shannon. Today I'm in the studio with David Surface, the founder and instructor of the Veterans Writing Workshop, which is sponsored by Fordham University. Also here are Vietnam vet Rod Carlson and Korean War vet Vincent Speranza. Both have shared their war experiences in the anthology Afterwards from War and Home. So, David, what is the Veterans Writing Workshop? Explain that. Well, the Veterans Writing Workshop uh, got its start in spring of 2010. There was a program that the National Endowment for the Arts ran called The Big Read. And uh, the book was um, The Things They Carried by Tim O'Brien, which is a classic uh, book of Vietnam short stories. And someone thought it would be a good idea for there to be a memoir workshop featuring veterans. Fordham opened its doors and... Uh, Two years later, here we are. Now, we're going to get into how the program started in a minute, but ah. I'd like to hear how our two veterans got started with the program. So let's start with Rod. Why did you decide to join the workshop? Well, it, it, was, uh, it was pretty much happenstance. I was at the, uh, at the Beth Center in White Plains, and it was announced that the, the, uh, the big read was going to happen, and that we'd been invited to send people to be part of the, uh, the, their workshop. And, uh, and nobody raised their hand, and, and I said, well, you know, somebody's got to do it. I mean, we have to be represented. So I, uh, I went, and, uh, and that's how I got started, and it, uh, it, was a, it was a great experience. That's how I met David and, and got going. It was really, really terrific. Is that how you met Vincent? I knew Vince before, you know. Yeah. I've been, I've been, uh, I've been a fan of Vince for a long time. <laughs> a fan. I think a lot of people are a fan of Vince. Yeah, yeah. Oh, why? <laughs> Vince, how did you get started with the Veterans uh, Well, I got workshop? started through the Vet Center up in White Plains, New York. I met Ron up there, and then Ron introduced me to Dave here, and uh, we got involved. And uh, to me, I'm not a writer, but I'm getting there as far as writing what happened to my uh, services in Korea, especially. So, Vince, why is it important to write your experiences? I don't know. Uh, to be honest with you, it's something that we should really ex tell our families and people to understand what we went through, what I went through at least. And uh, I still go through those thoughts. And uh, Tough thoughts? Sad thoughts? Uh, uh, bad thoughts and timing has a lot to do with it. You know, I'm more or less isolated at times because uh, I'm, I'm a hurt within. I was uh, in the service and I was uh, flying and after flying in the service I was uh, sent to uh, FECOM which is Korea and I trained as a medical aid man and uh, I saw plenty of people falling by my side and then all of a sudden I was captured by the Chinese. It wasn't for a long period of time. It was approximately four or five days or so and then I escaped not knowing that I was going to continue to live on. I had no idea. And uh, then I was uh, rejoined to my uh, outfit, and uh, I still have those thoughts, and it's a horrible experience, and I'm sure we all have that every 
every uh, individual that was in combat. And how does writing help you express that? I'm just getting out of my system. And matter of fact, I'm going into a new phase of it. Uh, I cons uh, consulted Ron on it, that I'm going into the dragon where you can talk into the computer and it writes it all down on uh, paper, black and white. And through Ron's recommendation, I'm going to continue on. And I feel good about it. And I feel very good about being here today with these two gentlemen on both sides of the... And you said Ron? Who's Ron? Ron. He calls me Ron, Ron sometimes. Oh, it's, it's okay. Just, oh, that's... Okay, that's a buddy it, thing. Yeah, it's right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so it's, so well, your name is really Rod, but it your is. friends right, call right, you Ron. Right. Ron. Oh, okay. Vince, Vince calls me whatever he wants to, you know. <laughs> well, let me ask you the yes. same thing. Rod or Ron or whatever yes. we prefer to be called. Excuse me. I made an error. You could, <laughs> no, no, no. You could cross that out. <laughs> um, so why is it important to write for you? You know that's that's really a good question, and and I and I think and I think things happened uh, when we were in our in our service, and they're and they're very important things to the individual, and they they kind of they kind of fester and and sit there and 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 you think about them at night, but when you write them down, you write them down and share them with somebody. It seems like it seems like the sky opens up, and the clouds go away. And and it's 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 a, a really an interesting phenomenon. And thinking about it for myself, I I think it has to do with control. And I think a writer has control. You can you can you can create any kind of a story you want, and you can deal with the characters in a way that really makes sense to you. It's also really important to tell about the people that didn't come home because they're with us all the time. And by telling people what happened. And, and how important they were and how important we were together, it's, it's an amazing, you know, a lot of people call it a, a catharsis, but it, it, it really is. It's really powerful. So when we all got together as, as a workshop, everybody noticed right away that it was kind of a rush to be able to tell people who were interested what, what had happened. David, how did you get this all together? Well, I was you know, very fortunate to have some great partners at the beginning. Uh, the first workshop was co-hosted by, by Fordham and by uh, Arts Westchester to the Westchester Arts Council and the Hudson Valley Writers Center. But it's Fordham, really Fordham Veterans Initiative. It's really been our most enduring and supportive partner. Um, I'd like to follow up, if I may, on something Rod was saying um, about the therapeutic value mm -hmm. of, of writing for these guys. Um, I think it's important to point out that this is not a writing therapy group, per se. In writing therapy, uh, the agenda is to perform therapy, and that's great work. It's very important work. Uh, in our group, good writing is the agenda. These guys work. They work very, very hard, uh, 10 revisions of stories. The beautiful thing is that there is therapeutic value in that, what Rod was talking about, that sense of control. You can control your experience. So... Um, that's uh, that's what we that's what we strive for. Vince, you wrote one story. Rod, you got a chance to write two. Mm -hmm. Can you narrow down for me, Rod, what Hallowed Ground was about? That's a true story. Every, everything is as as uh, close as I can remember it. Forty some years ago, and it, I was a helicopter pilot, and I was stationed at a place called Phu Bai, which is in northern South Vietnam. And and one one day we were we were we were there and and what had happened was we got news that one of our friends had been killed, 
and and we all felt terrible about it. And if you would so read that, I would be this glad one section to. that I I found very moving. Okay, great, great. My mind raced. This morning he was just getting up and brushing his teeth, wisecracking in his Texas twang. He stepped into his flight suit, strapped on his shoulder holster, took his flight bag with his helmet and the rest of his gear, and escaped out the door just ahead of an empty soda can lobbed from the darkness. Something had gone wrong. In that instance, his life was over. We were still alive. We'd go home, get laid, and have families, but not Ryan. Helpless, gasping thoughts of sadness that spilled from my brain were all morbid B-movie cliches, typical, common, cheap. Abruptly, I cringed. My emotional collapse was so unworthy of Ryan, so alien to his character and contrary to all he stood for. So, Rod, what happened next? About an hour or so later, he walks in the door. And, of course, we were elated that he was alive. And then about uh, two seconds later, he said, wait, you know, stop. Uh, uh, I've got some terrible news. It was we've lost somebody, and it was one of the other guys that we lived with who had been killed. And, and of course, it, we, we, all, we all became silent. But what, what was such a phenomenon was we couldn't duplicate the grief that we had, that we shared for Brian because it, it, it just didn't work. And know? that's what I was going to ask you. That part um, um, on page 11 got me where you said, but now there was no grieving. We were totally griefed out. Yeah. What does that feel like? You know, it was like we wanted to, but we just couldn't. You know, we wanted to feel terrible, and we did, but we just couldn't muster the emotional-ism of it. You so know? what did you feel, nothing, or did you still feel we a just little felt excited rot. because of we, your you other know, friend? Maybe, ang okay? maybe angry, or maybe maybe just the feeling was there's nothing we can do. We just have to go on. You know, it was, I think it was more resolved than anything. And, of course, anybody who's been through any kind of an experience like that knows that you immediately get hungry. You know, it seems like that emotional, that like that emotional, physically hungry, physically hungry. So we were immediately hungry, and then and then had somebody get something to eat. Wow. You know, and then we just all sat around silently and uh, and ate, and and then basically, you know, called it a day and and tried to get some sleep. But the 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 interesting thing was, we all felt terrible about it that we had not been able to shed the tears for for Billy Hale that we had for for uh, for for the other character. And and uh, and over the years, a lot of us have talked about that. So that's like bad feeling on top of bad Absolutely. feeling. Absolutely. So being able to write the story and share it with people has kind of like been able to get this one off my back. I'm Robin Shannon talking with the founder and instructor of the Veterans Writing Workshop, David Surface, along with veterans Rod Carlson and Vince Speranza. They're sharing their war stories in the anthology Afterwards from War and Home. So, Vince, you shared your story called One Day at a Time for the anthology from the Veteran Writing Workshop. You were a Korean War vet. You received the Purple Heart after being captured and living as a POW. What was that experience like? What's your story? Well, it's, well now I'm thinking of where I was. You know, it was miserable. It was cold, and I had problems just thinking of uh, if I was going to live another day or two. Because they had captured you, they had put you in this, but, as you said, this metal box. Well, no, no. Uh, well, they put me in the metal box, but I had to relieve myself, and I had to communicate with them to ask them that I had to, you know, relieve myself, and they didn't understand me. And then after a while, through motion, and uh, uh, they sent me to this metal uh, box outside where I sat on, and I just sat there, and I just, I have no place to go. 
you know, I mean, uh, where am I going to go back up to the to that uh, metal shack? And nobody and, was watching you? No. Well, no. they were watching me in the very beginning, but then after a while, uh, one guy drifted off here. Or said, I don't know where he went. He just disappeared. And I'm sitting there all by myself, you know. Uh, and next thing you know, I looked around and I started walking and I walked crazy, you know, I, like I was drunk. I didn't know where, where I was going. And then I saw these flashes and I uh, more or less started uh, going towards the front line. I think it was. I had no idea. I, and and uh, were, you, that, were you afraid when you started walking up to these people well, hoping that well, they would uh, notice that uh, you were? You're so afraid you don't even think right. Uh, believe me, whoever was in combat with artillery and round and zero. Everything else, it was. It's, it's. Uh, I'm thinking of it now. Now I'm getting uh, uh, chills in me as far as thinking. Oh boy, that's fifty some odd years ago. Yeah. Hey, you know, I'm 83 years old now. Not that I wanted to know that, but uh, I think of it a lot, and that's what the PTSD is doing. Mm-hmm. Am I right or wrong? You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is it. And. Uh, so how do you deal with it? Well, I uh, well, I, I feel I'm isolated a lot. I'm not the same guy I was when I went to Korea. The boy that went to Korea never came back. Mm-hmm. Believe me. I mean, <laughs> I don't. It's okay. Sorry. It's okay. It's okay, buddy. Prop. It's okay. Well, we, we understand that that's part of why this is important to share with other why? people. It's very important to understand. I'm sure every GI who was in combat or anything of that sort, went through the same same thing that I'm going through. You'd never forget it, believe me. It changed me a lot. I had to wrap up bodies. I don't know if you know what a, a poncho is. Yeah, I, know I had to put is. bodies into ponchos. I had to break bones to put them into mm. a confined area. And this, this is what I went through. And we all have stories, and I got more stories of, of the what went on here. In my uh, combat and also in my getting back to the hospital in Japan, the experiences I had. Was... Were there any good ones, like when you got to come home and your family hugged you? Well, you're, all right. Uh, when I went to Japan, uh, first of all, my records were lost because I was evacuated. See, I was wounded. My, uh, if you, I can go into stories about the parades and all that, what went on in Korea and uh when I was wounded, when I was wounded, uh, my whole regiment got a, a battlefield commission, and my leg was the size of an elephant leg. It was swollen where mm-hmm. I was uh, uh, caught in shrapnel wound, and I took care of myself, but my leg was swollen, and the sergeant says, you better get your self out uh, to the field because you're getting a commission, the whole uh, regiment. And the generals were there and all of them. I forget their names right now. And I went over there and I had my foot on the Jeep over there. And all the guys are walking by with all the flags and the honors. But I was in a Jeep. And then the next day, my leg was so swollen that they evacuated me. My records were lost. So what happened after you? Let's fast forward a little bit. What happened um, when you were getting this commendation and your leg was swollen? When did you get to come back home to the Bronx? Well, uh, it took me about two to four months before I got home. I got home Mother's Day of that year. Who was here to greet you? Nobody. No mom, no sisters, no uncles? No. uh, uh, That was the last time I was on a subway on the D train. I was at uh, uh, in Jersey at the camp, and I 
drove home and I bought a brand new Mercury and then I went back to the camp in Jersey, stayed there about a week. And then Do you I have went, any family here? Yes, they, they my family lived in Yonkers at the time. Mm. So but before that, I hopped on a train, went to Grand Central and I took the D train home and my brother picked me up and he says, "How you doing, Meatball?" You know, that's what he <laughs> called me, you know, Meatball, my brother. And I says, "Oh, it's so good to see you." And, and now my father was an athlete and he was in a race, you know, a running and walking marathon. And uh, he says, I better go out and tell dad that you're here. <laughs> and he did. And he did. He did. And your family, I'm sure, was so happy yeah. to see you. Well, my father knew that something happened to me when I got wounded. Uh, he says, where's Vinny uh, to my mother? And he says, I don't know. Oh, they didn't know you had gotten wounded? No, they didn't. But my father had a feeling. We were very close. He had a feeling that something happened to me. And he didn't hear from me for a couple of months. Mm. And he knew, and uh, we were very close. We were very close family. Hmm. Rod, did your family greet you on your way back? Yes, I think uh, I think I came back to uh, Minnesota, and they were all at the airport, and and it was uh, it was uh, you know very close. You know, one of the things that's interesting about this writing is there, in addition to the things that are that are bad news, like. Like like the story, my story that we talked about, and and some of Vince's experience, a lot of great things happened, mm-hmm. and 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 people have a real hard time understanding that as terrible as 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 war is, wonderful things happen, and and for me the wonderful things were helping people, being being uh, being a helicopter pilot, we we were able to evacuate a lot of people, and there was a great deal of enthusiasm for that and satisfaction. That still is is rewarding to think about some of those experiences. So when I write about those things, it's uh, it's 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 great. That's great therapy. So David, how do you help them as they're sharing these experiences to get them down on paper? Well, um, again, I. Uh, how do you know what to pull out and what to leave in, or what is too sensitive to talk about, or is there anything too sensitive to talk about? Well, I, I I'd like to say first of all that uh, I'm moved I'm very moved and and uh, have so much admiration for, for for Vince and for Rod and for all these guys to go into these memories uh, that I have nothing to compare to in my life uh, it's uh, it's it's like I say in the book it's an honor it's an honor to be at the same table with them when it comes to the writing um, and what's too sensitive to write about I like the writer himself or herself to 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 judge that to be the judge of that they will write what they want to write when they're ready to write it uh, a lot of times people will come into the workshop and uh, the, the first question that they will ask me is do I have to write about my military experience and the first thing I always say is no but I hope you will so Rod what does it feel like when you get together with this group of veterans and you all get it you all sort of understand each other you know I think I think what it is it's it's a feeling of closeness that we we shared these experiences and they were nothing like anything that has happened before to us or since and and it's in in many way, in many ways when when we were when we were doing those things it was like anything that we were before didn't count so it was kind of like being born over again as new people and i think and i think that's that's the that's the bond that shared it's 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 a brotherhood 
Uh, and, and, and it's a brotherhood not because you were thrown all together like fraternity brothers, but it's a brotherhood of common birth because that's kind of where, where it all started for us as, uh, as individuals. And when Vince says, the, the person that I was before I went over didn't come home, it's really true. We all came home as, uh, as, uh, as, as different people and have kind of lived, lived with it ever since. So that's, that's really that feeling, uh, that feeling of, of, of uh, having come from the same litter is really is really what's what's shared. So it's, having this veterans writing workshop where you're you oh can yeah, be oh, with people yeah, yeah. who understand to a and, certain and extent what you've to, been through. Uh, and thanks to uh, the uh, service that we had with the men, the togetherness of all the fellows that I'm associated with, and I can uh, it's good. I feel good about it. But uh, when I think of it, I get emotional. I don't know. That's understandable. I'll never forget it. Never. I don't think any of us who were in combat will forget it. And we all have stories to tell. Uh, I can go on and on and on. Plenty of stories. Uh, David? What? Mr. David, Mr. Teacher. <laughs> <laughs> so you have this anthology, Afterwards from War and Home, yeah. and this specifically focused on um, uh, older vets, correct? Well, specifically, it was the product of the uh, workshop that took place at Fordham's Westchester campus. It happened to be uh, older vets. We had some, uh, we couldn't get veterans from Afghanistan and Iraq like we wanted to. I want to share this. Mm -hmm. uh, one, of the, one of the things that really impressed me the most about these guys uh, was, I, I believe it was the first session, and they've heard me tell this story a million times, but at the first session, I went down the hall to get some coffee or go to the bathroom or something. I came back into the room, and they were all in a huddle, and they were talking about how do we get this program out to more veterans, more veterans. And they wanted to go to the PTSD units at the VA hospitals, uh, homeless programs, whatnot. How do we reach more veterans with this program? And that really uh, impressed me. And so that's what we've done. And uh, we started a program, I believe it was last year, at the uh, Common Ground Veterans Residence at the mm -hmm. Montrose VA. That's a facility for homeless veterans and uh, produced an anthology out of that as mm -hmm. well. And then you have another one coming up that does have Iraq and Afghanistan vets. Right now, right now, Fordham, I said Fordham's been very, very generous. We just started our first workshop in the city at Fordham's Lincoln Center campus. And uh, for some reason... The door opened that night, and in came all of these guys from Iraq and Afghanistan. Really good writers, too. Very good writers. So that anthology, I'm really looking forward to that. And the wonderful thing about this program is it creates, Rod used the term brotherhood or fraternity. It, it I believe, and they can speak to this as well, it creates a sort of a fraternity or brotherhood among the different workshops. In fact, one of the first things we did uh, when I started this workshop, we started the workshop with the homeless veterans at Common Ground in Montrose. There was a Thanksgiving celebration, and a lot of these guys, Rod and uh, some of the other guys, came out to Common Ground and read for the homeless veterans, met them, gave them some encouragement for their anthology. Then when the Common Ground veterans gave their reading, these guys came, and so there's a lot of back and forth. And we did a reading together at White Plains. Now there are two more groups. So uh, it's... it's, uh, it's A collaborative it's, effort. It's a collaborative effort. It brings people together. And it also, we're also, uh, every time we do one of these workshops, we're trying to publish one of these anthologies. So we're literally building 
um, an archive, an archive of veterans' writing, uh, which I think is a really good thing. Um, it's interesting because we were told at first, we said, well, why aren't there any veterans, younger veterans from Af Afghanistan and Iraq? And all sorts of people said, well, they, they're very busy. They have other things to do. They have families uh, to, to support and jobs and training. And I said, oh, yes, absolutely, of course. And yet they came. Mm -hmm. They came anyway. So that, that shows me that even while they're working so hard to support their families and to find jobs and to get training, this is still important to them. This is important enough for them to give up their time. And, and uh, uh, I, don't know, I, I find that very moving as well. And I think it speaks to the need of the program. Well, I could just add one thing. Please. And that is I was very impressed with the way David conducts the workshop. Because he will, he will start out and he will give exercises and he will ask people to remember a scene or, and, and describe a scene. Or he will have a thing where he, uh, it would be the, the beginning of, a, of the exercise would be one day and you would do that. So what happens is people who have never written before are kind of sneaked into the process of writing very easily and gracefully. And they're doing it before they really realize that they're doing it. And this, is, and this is really amazing because a lot of these people have never really done any serious memoir or fiction writing. And so I, I, think, that's, I think that's very impressive and very valuable. If I mm -hmm. am a veteran who is kind of on the fence, what advice would you have to convince me that this is something that I need to do? I would say that if you've done what you did in the service, you can do this. And this is really capitalizing on that investment. And I say, so I would say it's probably a lot more important and valuable than you realize it is. And in terms of the de degree of difficulty, it's so flexible that you can sneak it in in your off moments. You know, you, you can think about it. You can tell yourself the stories when you're driving to work, and then you can write them down. And I think, I think really when, when you get right down to it, the really important part of writing is thinking to yourself talking to yourself and kind of structuring and un unraveling these these memories and, and and allowing them to become stories so it's 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 the the, the real the real challenge is saying yeah I'm going to do it the doing it comes comes quite easily for me I think and I think for most people too and it becomes a real joy Vince uh, I want to add one thing mm -hmm. uh, like Ron just said I had no communication with any of the fellows that I was on the line with in Korea because as a medical aid man, uh, from one time to another, I was in one company to another. Uh, a medic is like uh, uh, a uh, like God. Uh, you want it on the uh, line and you want it for the, uh, satisfy the men that were injured and you had to take care of them. And if I was on one company the next couple of days, I went back to the, the aid station is adventure wanted over here, and I never had close contact with any of the soldiers, maybe one or two or three, four days uh, at a time, because a medic is always on demand, uh, especially in combat. Uh, when you're on the line, you don't bond with any individual because you're here, you're there, you're all over the whole place. So it's, having this veterans writing workshop where you're, you oh, can yeah, be oh, with people yeah, yeah. who understand to a and, certain and extent what you've to, been through. Uh, and thanks to uh, the uh, service that we had with the men, the togetherness of all the fellows that I'm associated with. And I can, uh, it's good. I feel good about it 
But uh, when I think of it, I get emotional. I don't know. That's understandable. I'll never forget it. Never. I don't think any of us who are in the combat will forget it. My thanks to David Surface, Rod Carlson, and Vince Peranza. To find out more about the Veterans Writing Workshop, visit theveteranswritingproject.org. I'd also like to thank my producer, Kevin Klein. Cityscape with George Bodarkey is next on 90.7 WFUV. For Fordham Conversations, I'm Robin Shannon, and I'd like to leave you with an excerpt from Rod Carlson's Day One. It's about his experience as a new Vietnam helicopter pilot and what he learned under the gruff two-tour veteran Captain Hayes, who had just made an almost impossible rescue. I looked up at the helicopter. There were more than a dozen bullet holes on the starboard side, and blood was smeared where the medics at the hospital had pulled Major Hawley out of the cockpit. Suddenly it seemed like everything I'd thought about and been concerned about earlier in the day no longer mattered. The facts hadn't changed, but now everything seemed different. Nothing was what I had expected. I couldn't remember what I expected, but this wasn't it. Captain Hayes was going home to do what? After this, what could matter to Hayes? What in life could match this? Soon he'd be gone, then the others like him, and it would fall to me. I'd have the responsibility for the missions and the countless lives. I didn't notice that Hayes had come up and was standing next to me. Want some advice? Yes, sir, I said, but I really wanted to say that I didn't see how I'd ever be able to take over as a helicopter aircraft commander. In the beginning, it seems impossible, but one day you'll know you've got it. The damn thing will follow your thoughts and you'll make it do what its designers never dreamed of. But that's the easy part. The tough part is staying lucky. Good luck, he smiled and held out his hand, which I took hoping that he was handing off that great blessing to me. Did he hand off that blessing? Did you learn a lot from him? I made it. You made it. I made it. <laughs>